0: of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, happy Wednesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on today's episode. Yeah, misinformation, it's not new here in the United States. Before we get there, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, that is... The Expat Money Summit 2022. Watch for a week. Reap the benefits for generations interested in learning more about this free virtual summit taking place November 7th through 11th, 2022, where you can see five days and 30 expert speakers. We'll head to BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash expat and get your free tickets today folks i'm so excited for today's episode because yes we have a returning guest uh, like yesterday's episode with david bellman which i'll make sure i include the link there at the end of the show today but uh, today's guest we're talking about the topic of misinformation and the fact that no it's not new here in the united states as a matter of fact it's a uh, pretty much been around since the united states itself caleb franz from profiles and liberty joins us here on the show today caleb welcome back to the brian nickel show
1: Brian, it's good to be back as always. It's always a pleasure to speak with you.
0: Great to have you on the show, my friend. And uh, it was great to see you back when you were in town here. Uh, you you visited up in, uh, right, you were down yeah. in Louisville. I'm now up yeah, here in, yeah. in Indiana. So you came and visited yours truly as we're well driving as... driving distance. <laughs> I know, right? And you visited dear leader too, Chris Spangle yep. over in Indianapolis. We got to hang out, have a nice uh, sit down meal. And then of course we got to... Uh, do a podcast i mean can we not do a podcast when we get together but no it we was had great. a long
1: conversation and then we were like you know we should we, probably we should record start this. recording yeah. yeah we should hit the record button yeah.
0: yeah and thank god we did because it was it was a very good a good conversation and we actually ended up i don't know if you noticed this but we ended up reiterating a lot of things that we had talked about yeah. uh, on our first <laughs> time go through with the uh, the conversation itself so with that being said, though, I'm so excited to have you on the show today because uh, you just wrote a new uh, article that took uh, aired over at Real Clear History, and it talks about the uh, the fact that misinformation it's not it's not new, right? We we've no misinformation; it's been in it's as as I said in the intro, it's as old almost as. history of the united states itself and who better to write about this than the host of profiles in liberty so caleb talk to us misinformation what what is the the idea of misinformation help us define it what is it and then what do you mean when you talk about it being as old as uh, really the united states itself
1: yeah well uh you know i wrote this this article in, in real clear history a few weeks ago um because this really was sort of the dominating uh topic uh, of of our uh, political discourse at the time, uh, and it has been for quite some time. It's it's kind of faded in and out of how how relevant it has been. But the idea of um, should we try to censor certain uh, certain disinformation? Is this dif- disinformation potentially harmful to people uh, if we just let it go about? Uh, is is free speech absolutism uh, something that we can really stand behind? uh in the 21st century and uh i was reminded of this story that uh that took place in the early 1790s excuse me the late 1790s uh about how none of these questions are really all that new uh these are these are all questions that we've been asking ourselves since the uh, conception of our nation since the not even a decade after the bill of rights uh was put into effect um and those are questions that uh the founding fathers were able to uh not just not just sort of find the answer to with the bill of rights but also confirm that that is in fact the case of the the spirit of free speech even if it's potentially harmful or even if it's uh potentially uh deceitful uh or or misinformation in this in this sense um, that is also, uh, protected speech as well. And that's why we have to protect it because if, if we can't protect that, then there's not much standing in the way between that and, and speech that you or I might find completely normal. Uh, but someone else might find, uh, offensive or, um, or, uh, potentially false.
0: I mean, let's put the context in, in here, right? Like if, if we were to take a snapshot of, of where we are as a as a country, as a society, as a culture today, and show the Founding Fathers and the Framers who we are. Do you think that they would be okay with you know, our morals, our ethics? Probably not. And yet, we've gotten to where we are today because we've had the freedom to do so, and we've had the ability to have controversial or sometimes some strange opinions and ways of doing things, and because we have the ability to have that freedom of speech, that's okay, and we can bring those ideas into the marketplace of ideas and actually challenge them. Do people want to, to have more of this uh, different way of doing things, this different way of, of thinking about things, and, and that is where you start to see not just uh, the, the conversations change, but then you start to see policy change. You start to see culture change. You see change in the way that societies are pointing. And is that for you know better for worse, the American experiment? I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. But I'd say that the free speech idea across the board has shown to be, time and again, resoundingly, yes, a good thing to help inspire countries and and a society to flourish and to have a an open and free ability to communicate ideas
1: yeah that's right and and so what is this story that I'm I'm talking about that I wrote about here uh and in 17 17- 98 during the John Adams administration, uh, one of the very founding fathers who helped uh, helped Thomas Jefferson pen the Declaration of Independence in 1776. The one who lobbied for independence earlier than most other founding fathers did um, is the same person who also put pen to paper and sign uh, what is now uh, the infamous uh, Alien and Sedition Acts of 1798. Now, there were three uh, Alien Acts and one Sedition Act. The Alien Acts mostly uh, centered around uh, barring. Uh, uh, it centered around uh, citizenship. It centered around uh, what the threshold was to be able to expel certain um, certain immigrants from the country. Uh, at the time, uh, tensions were very high with the nation of France. And um, and there was a little bit of, of political. <laughs> there was a little bit of a uh, political reasoning for why they wanted to pass it, because typically immigrants in particular, uh, French immigrants tended to lean a little bit more uh, Republican than they did Federalist Republican ah. in the sense of the Jeffersonian Republicans. Wait, 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 time out, Kim. Are you telling me today. that people
0: have approached immigration with a political lens with from the, the very the beginning? Political
1: lens from the very beginning, yes. It's what? It's, it's hard to believe, but it it's, it's always so. been a very, very politicized topic, yes.
0: Okay. Sorry, uh, continue. But the most
1: easily the most egregious act and the one that took uh, took the offense of of the uh, of the Republicans of, of the day, Jefferson's party uh, and Thomas Jefferson himself was the Sedition Act. They saw this as a complete infringement upon the First Amendment that they just passed less than ten years earlier. Now, the Federalists didn't see a problem in this because what they were actually banning was not any sort of uh, any sort of uh, free speech as the way that they would define it in in the sense that speech that has been commonly upheld, uh, in the common law, but rather speech that is seditious or uh, malicious or uh, potentially false. Now, who decides what seditious, malicious, or, or false is? Well, obviously, it's going to be the Federalists that were in charge of the government at the time. Now, the comparison that I draw here is not necessarily that anyone is drafting up a new Sedition Act in Congress currently. Whether or not we get there in another 10, 20 years, I don't know. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a prophet. I'm not someone who can look into the future. But a lot of the same arguments that the Federalists were using as justification for censorship at that time are exact, uh, exactly the same arguments that people today, whether it be over situations such as uh, using social media tech giants to... Uh, silence or censor, uh, censor uh, dissenting thoughts around the ideas of COVID or um, having a difference of, a, of opinion on how to approach the situation in Ukraine. There are numerous examples of a situation where you may feel very passionately one way or another about what the right answer may be. But the point is not that you have to silence the opposition because it is uh, potentially leading to harm, because the only way that you can actually get to the truth is whenever uh, speech is laid out uh, freely so people can have that open and honest discourse. And whenever you have those those gatekeepers in the way that uh, ultimately leads to more disinformation than if speech was unfettered.
0: Well, you know it's funny how things happen. I I uh, <laughs> I'm notorious for falling asleep to watching YouTube. Um, I don't know why I need to have like au- like something audible to listen to, so I'm not like just thinking about things all day long. Like, oh, did I do this? Oh, did I do that? It's like just fall asleep watching something, Brian. And uh, one of the things I fell asleep watching the other day was it was a uh, like Nazi World War Two tech. <laughs> and I, I know, like random, I. But yes. it works, right? Um, right. And 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 with that, so oh wait, where were we going? This re- reiterate your last point you just made. Sorry. Uh,
1: that uh, that that's if 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 uh, misinformation is is truly to be combated, it's not going to be through gatekeepers. Yes, there we go. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So that's there we go. Nazis. Yeah,
0: Nazis. become full circle. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> with the Nazis and how political correctness that was actually like one of the main focuses of the Nazi party when they were were focusing on on cracking down on what they considered to be misinformation right and it was it was through the lens of political correctness you know getting rid of the alternative speech that was out there so you see this right and you, to your point there is a desire by those more do good voices to politically limit what the speech should be in the name of some arbitrary cultural collectiveness and that it that right there i think the collectiveness is the scary part right caleb because if we do go back down to the the individual having free speech as the individual as that one person then then all of a sudden you can plant that seed and that idea can flourish anywhere versus this one you know npc group think mob mentality high mentality that we've seen just get worse and worse and worse over the past few years
1: yeah that's right and you know, I think that um, I think that what really kind of the the sort of dramatic moment in this story that I uh, am telling the the climax of the story uh, ultimately comes to head um, in the election of eighteen hundred uh, when Thomas Jefferson and John Adams uh, essentially go at each other for the seat of the presidency. Um, obviously, John Adams lost that in large part due to the alien and sedition acts that were passed in in 1798 now thomas jefferson's inaugural address i think is really uh the ultimate sort of uh (laughs) the ultimate lesson that we can learn um and and he kind of wrote this great american ethos again as he does because he's so great with a pen um and he he explains the differences that, yes, we're, we're all federalists, we're all Republicans. As Americans, we're going to have differences of opinion, and that's fine so long as those differences of opinion are allowed to exist in the in the marketplace of ideas. And that's very much paraphrasing. <laughs> I don't I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but essentially uh, the what the point that he was trying to get at is that if. If opinions are allowed to 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 fester in society uh, unadulterated and uninterrupted, then the best ideas are going to float to the surface. People have a low tolerance for falsehoods. People have a low tolerance uh, for misinformation uh, in a natural state, in a natural state of order. Uh, The media and the and the state that we know it as today Uh, is very good at at promoting uh, a lot of false information, a lot of uh, misinformation, and it allows us to get hooked into these like tribal um, nativist mindsets. But when when free speech is truly allowed to 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 flourish by itself. Um, a lot of that gets filtered through uh, by itself as well.
0: Caleb, you took the words right out of my mouth, and I, I wrote it down before you even said the words, and it was a low tolerance for misinformation, and you look at what's happened with the mainstream corporate media, and you know what? You're 100% right, but before we get there and we dig into that, we're going to go ahead and quickly divert your attention towards, yes, our morning sales huddle. If you have not had the chance yet, folks, head over to briannickleshow.com where you can sign up for our morning sales huddle once a week. Yours truly will email you uh, this. this proven six sales tips that uh, the sales success tips say that 10 times fast caleb um that i truly have uh, yours truly has brought to my sales team uh, to help them with their uh, their success if that's something you're interested in learning more about please go ahead and sign up for our morning sales huddle and you'll see the tips delivered to your inbox once a week and then of course i will go ahead and shoot over a copy of my free ebook four easy steps you can implement now to help sell liberty to friends and family but no caleb the media right going back to the media they have over the past 10 years just, just absolutely neutered any trust that they had with the American public. I, I remember fondly going back to CPAC back in the day, right, when I was a little little redheaded conservative. I didn't have a red hat. That was before that time. Um, Man, that would have been wild, though, to go to CPAC back in the day. If it was, like, actual old CPAC, but then with Trump, and he was actually Trump in 2016— that'd be an interesting world but anyways i remember the world of Ron Paul Rand Paul they were the ones winning the cpac poll so cpac was different back in the day and um, you know just imagining you know that world where you had the the old bumper stickers that i don't believe the liberal media or or stuff like that like i don't know why i get a, a little you know like midwest accent i don't know if that's a thing i I'm, I'm doing is in, in, in like sprinkling that into my conversations, how I live here. You're um, but no, the culture I know it must Brian. be. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, it's 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 something you've seen where the the Brian Stelter's of the world, they'll stand there with reliable sources behind them, and it's it's like okay, are, yeah, are you? And they'll they'll smile the death in the camera to, to you know, tell you. You're square in the face that, yes, 100%, that they're the one you should be trusting. And yet, their numbers continue to plummet. It's why they hate Joe Rogan. It's why they've gone after him. It's why they've gone after anybody who who does not toe the, the corporate line. So I guess, Caleb, and I I frame all that, where does this go? Where What do we do? I mean, we're seeing there is a pushback. Elon Musk, the takeover of Twitter, which is, appears to be imminent at this point. We've seen that take place, and that's been a huge kick uh, to the left. But is this something that is sustainable? Is, is the free speech warriors that are out there, are, are they actually winning? Are we going to see this continue? Or is the, the more regressive, more uh, controlling uh, speech advocates out there, are they going to have uh, their, their time in the, the, the sun to shine?
1: You know, I, I do think ultimately that um, that the proponents of of these ideas uh, are, are ultimately going to win out in the end. But it is not going to be easy and it will likely get worse before it gets better. Uh, if we uh, if if we look back to history as a, as a guide, you know, some of uh, obviously Thomas Jefferson and, and the Republicans won out in 1800 uh, and and ultimately the ideas of free speech won the day uh, during that great battle. But it wasn't just a simple fact of, well, they passed this, and then there was this uh, massive pushback, and then Thomas Jefferson won the election in 1800. Uh, It got much darker than before it it got brighter. Uh, A congressman was thrown into jail because he criticized the Adams administration. Benjamin Franklin's grandson died in jail Uh, because uh, because uh, he ran a paper that was uh, anti-federalists and uh, anti-Adams. And there there are easily ways in which uh, we have to sort of prepare ourselves to understand that um, it's not necessarily going to be an easy fight. It's not going to like freedom as itself has never been uh, something that has been easily maintained. It's always been a little messy and always been a little muddy. However, there is hope at the end of this. Uh, and I don't again, I, I I don't think that we should look at history as a one for one. Um, I think that's the wrong the wrong approach. I think the approach should be the lessons that that is taken away from it. The moral of the story. And that's that's what I try to do with with Profiles and Liberty um, is that I, I try to show exactly what happened and then what's the takeaway. Um, it's not going to be that, you know, these things are going to happen exactly the same. Um, but with that being said, uh, it it is it is easy to look at and it is easy to say things might get a a, a little bit darker before they get a little bit brighter, but it's going to be okay because we are going to make it to the other side of the tunnel.
0: And uh, yeah, you you brought it up. We can point to history to see where freedom heads. And and we go back to our friend, Dr. Adrian Bajan, Duke University, Constructo Law, and his idea that freedom is, in fact, nature. And, and in life, in anything, things will move towards whatever is the most free, whatever is the easiest to go towards. And in this case, free speech will absolutely win the day. It will continue the win of the day. It has won the day uh, from pretty much the time that the idea of free speech has become one that we have openly embraced and i think if, as long as we continue to foster that yes to your point caleb free speech will indeed win the day and then down the road we can have folks like you in the future doing podcasts on us fingers crossed <laughs> you know talking about what we were able to do when we're uh, leading the charge here to fight back and, and lead for free speech so with that being said obviously we want folks to go ahead and uh, learn more about the the podcast you're doing, where you're going ahead and talking about those former liberty uh, warriors, and I say liberty lovers, because they did love liberty, and in some cases, they put their lives on the line for that liberty. You're doing a great podcast, Profiles in Liberty. We've had you in the the show many a time to dig into that, but uh, talk to us. I know season two just wrapped up. You're in the process of writing season three. What can we expect to uh, see when we head to season three, and what can viewers go ahead and expect when they go and check out seasons one and seasons two?
1: yeah so uh season two just wrapped up uh, in March. Uh, we had a great season with uh, a few of my uh, personal heroes and and some people that I really came to to appreciate and to um and to adore uh, a lot more than what I had even realized before writing the season. That's part of the the joy of of making the show is that there are new layers to these people that I had known about or had uh, had a certain level of appreciation, but uh, didn't always uh, understand quite as much as I, I should have. Um, and it, that's kind of part of the fun about it is that it's it's a it's a giant learning process, not just uh, for uh, the listeners, but for me as well. So it's something that I get to, Uh, It's something that I get to share with my audience, and it's something that I I really love doing about making this show. Um, Season two was all about what uh, a group of people that I've dubbed the Equalizers. These are people who fulfilled the promise of 1776. Uh, People like the guy who's, I don't know if you can see him right here behind me, but uh, Frederick uh, Douglass and uh, individuals like Mercy Otis Warren and Abigail Adams and Harriet Tubman, these are all people who understood that what they were able to accomplish with the Declaration of Independence and with uh, independence itself in 1776 was not meant to be the end. It was meant to be the beginning of something incredible, something where liberty was going to spread to all corners of the earth uh, and, and encompass the world like wildfire. They understood that and they were uh, determined to to make sure that that promise was going to be fulfilled. Uh, The first season uh, in that same vein uh, is about the people who made that promise in in 1776 during that summer. Um, And in this upcoming season, you know, we have a lot of really, really fun uh, individuals. Uh, It's season three is going to debut this fall. Um, so I'm, I'm hard at work writing, uh, writing the scripts right now for it. But uh, there's there's still so many people uh, to highlight and so many people that uh, that deserve their due, their their limelight in the sun that I'm excited to, to bring forward to you all.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that we continue this conversation, Caleb, because you're always bringing on um, interesting voices in history. that I I think a lot of people have either not remembered, you know, they maybe heard the name back when they were in, in history class, but they never really got to dig too deep, or these are voices that have been lost, unfortunately, to the history books, because we've talked about this in the past, history is written by the winners and those who are actually going out and writing the textbooks and that's why it's so important for us to make sure that we're speaking their stories to others, we're telling what their 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 views were, what their mission was and why what they did was so important for uh, our posterity going forward. So thank you Caleb for what you do over at Profiles in Liberty. Can't wait for uh, season 3. And folks, if you want to go ahead and yes, get all your your history knowledge here in the Liberty movement, head over to We Are Libertarians. You can find not only Caleb's phenomenal program Profiles in Liberty, but yes, you can find yours truly the Brian Nichols show amongst I think what Caleb we have 14 15 other shows now over at the we are libertarians podcast networks it's too it's, many to
1: count it's yeah. growing
0: day after day <laughs> I know it's great and yeah. we our, our family is getting it's a good big,
1: problem to have Yeah, it's getting it, bigger yeah, it and really bigger is.
0: and uh, I'm so excited to see where the uh, the future is heading so folks if you enjoyed today's episode my, well, my goodness number one you're gonna love yesterday's episode we had David Bellman here on the program from Bellman homes where we talked about uh, the impact on inflation on small business owners if you missed that I'll make sure I include that link here at the end of today's episode but also if you enjoyed the episode please do me a favor and make sure you go ahead and give today's episode a uh, share and when you do make sure you go ahead and give Caleb a, uh, some love as well when you're there and uh, make sure you tell him that Brian told you to do so so with that being said folks thank you for joining us on of course another fun-filled episode as always I am your humble host Brian Nichols thank you for joining us with that being said it's Brian Nichols signing off for Caleb Franz from Profiles in Liberty we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols Show.
0: Forget to tell your friends to subscribe too. Follow me on social media at liberty And again, if you'd be so kind, please consider making a donation to The Brian Nichols Show at BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DeCosta, and the We're Libertarians Network. today.